of this month, born into royalty, born into the royal family. Pastor Rob and I, really, we're really going to be talking about uh, that royalty because so many of us come from different walks of life, different families, different experiences, and different struggles. And so we, we all have a paradigm. We all have a paradigm in our mind. And a paradigm is a certain way of thinking. It's a certain way of seeing things. Whether it's right or wrong, it's a certain way of seeing things. And once you see things that way, unless you're reprogrammed, um, there's, just, there's just no hope. And so God in his preeminence, he understands this. So he says, listen, he says a man must be born again. And I'm going to show you this, and I really want you to get it. And I want to try to teach it, teach it in its simplest form. One of the things I loved about Jesus, the son of God, when he came to the earth and he ministered, um, you'll never, and I don't knock it, but you'll never see him hooping. You'll never see him, you know, having to shout or anything because he really wanted to be so simple. He wanted the children to be able to get it. He wanted the children to be able to hear and know the promises of his father uh, because it is received. The promises of God are received. And in order to be received, you must believe. And you can't believe something you've never heard. And so if you hear something the wrong way and you believe it, then you receive that. So many people in Christendom or in the church world really believe that their Christianity is based on their work. It's based on all, all they do. It's based on how they serve, how they shout, how loud they pray, how long they pray, um, how well they serve at the church, how much they give. No, those things... Those acts of service is supposed to be because we love God. See, I surrender all to our love. There's nothing that I won't do for my wife because I, ju I just love her. There's nothing I won't do for my children because I love them. People that I love, I sacrifice for. And so my sacrifice is the showing of my love. So we're going to see in a moment here uh, in St. John. What did, what did I say? St. John chapter 3. Let's look at verse 16 first, because it is important that we understand that God gives his son because he loves us, but that's not enough. I don't want you to just stop there. Many people stop there, so they get Jesus, but they don't get the inheritance. They get Jesus, but they don't get the succession. They don't get the, the royalty. They don't understand where he came from, that he didn't come from beneath, and he didn't come from the earth. He came from above. So when he came, he came with power, but he surrendered his power so he could die for us. He surrendered his authority so he could die for us. The Bible says that Jesus knew who he was, yet he humbled himself and became a servant. The Bible says he, he counted himself equal with the Father because he and the Father were one. Every time Jesus would minister, he would say things like this. If you see me, you see my father. And the religious leaders would really get mad. They, would, they thought that was a statement of arrogance. But what he was really saying was, when you see me, I'm not giving you my own words. When you see me, I'm not giving you my own message. When you see me, I'm not trying to win anybody to myself. But I want you to understand that my father sent me to you because he loves you. I want somebody to just gently touch yourself a little bit on your chest. And I want you to repeat these words. God, God loves me in spite of me and all my wrong and all my missing it. God still loves me. Man, you ought to tear this church up right there. Woo! Woo! Come on. See, because see, I, I, 
I have a small inclination what that means. I have three natural children named Gabrielle, Jonathan, and Joshua, okay? They do some things that make me very upset sometimes. They do some things that disappoint me as their father. Sometimes they just make me mad. Every now and then, I just want to reach out and touch somebody. But because I love them, and every time I see them, guess who I see? I see me. It's pretty hard to hurt yourself if you love you. God loves you. He didn't come to hurt you. He didn't come to punish you. He didn't come. That's why I always tell people, when you walk in word and action, you just stepped into a non-judgment zone. If anybody in here judging you, forgive them. Charge it to their head, not to their heart, because there's nobody in here that's perfect. And there's no two people in here that are alike. And the only way I can size you up is if I'm measuring you up to me. And who, I, who am I to measure anybody to me when I don't have anything to give you except for Jesus? Somebody needs to shout up in here today. Somebody needs to get your praise on. You know what? I'm going to give you 20 seconds to act like you just heard something. I'm going to give you 20 seconds. Woo! My God. My God. Yeah, yeah, I just had to. Thank you, guys. I'm good. I, I, I mean, to, for me, that's like a praise break moment. You know what I'm saying, Pastor Robin? I'm like, whoa, you mean to tell me what you're saying? It has nothing to do with me, and it has everything he did for me? And I want to show you in Scripture that he's already done it. So what's the hold up? Can't nobody stop you, so who's stopping you? The devil can't stop you because he don't have more power than God. It's back to the paradigm of the mind. Please take a seat. Proverbs, book of Proverbs 18, it says, as a man thinketh, so is he. The paradigm of the mind has to deal with how you think, how you see yourself, how you see life, how you see others. As we prepare to read the scripture, I really want you to get this revelation right here. There is nothing you cannot accomplish in your life, and there is nothing that you cannot do. As long as you have breath in your body, and you make God the head of your life, and you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then whatever you move to, towards, you will accomplish. Y'all missed it. Let me go over here. Whatever you move toward, you will accomplish. Thank God I got three witnesses back there. Let me go over here. Whatever you move toward, you will accomplish. Thank God, I only got three over there. Let me try over here. Whatever you move toward, you will accomplish. Oh, let me go, let me go, let me go to social media. Whatever you move toward, you will accomplish. One thing, one thing that nobody can do for you. Nobody can make you walk out the promises of God. When you leave here, Apply all this revelation and information I'm giving you, whether you're in school, whether you, you're contemplating doing a business. After you put God first, and everywhere you go, be a light. Be a light. Let the light of God shine. Let people see the joy of the Lord in you. But you got to get it in you first. Somebody say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm -hmm. So I'm not dependent on a person. I'm not dependent on an event. I'm not dependent on a situation. So if he's my strength... Wherever I go, people will notice there's something different from me, about me. You know why? Because I've been born into royalty. 
Somebody decree and declare, I've been born into royalty. All right, let's read this St. John 3.16, honey. It's good to see you beautifully. Thank you. Good to be seen. For God so loved the world that uh -huh. he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting God life. doesn't want anybody to perish. He gave his son as a sacrifice. Read on. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn you, to make you feel bad about your badness, to make you feel bad about your mistakes, to make you feel bad about your past, to make you feel bad about the bad decision that you made last night. If you're alive and you're here today, you got to get over that and get to the altar and give it to Jesus because God is calling you forward. There's so much ahead of you. Don't cry over spilled milk. Clean it up and thank God for the milk that didn't spill. We said again, don't, you can't do it because the devil, he's a thief. He's contrary to God. He wants to make you think you got to work for it. He said, she just read it. He said, I didn't come to condemn you. What does condemnation, condemna, uh, condem, condemnation mean? Condemnation. I can't even pronounce the word. Condemnation means you feel beat up about it. You yeah. feel less than worthy. You don't feel redeemable. You don't feel like it's going to ever be it. okay. Can't do it. Right. Not good enough. Can't do enough, can't serve enough, can't give enough, walk around all beat up because you think it's by works. That's why I said you got to change the paradigm of the mind. Everything we do for God has to come from the heart. Remember we talked about the heart to heart last month? It's one thing to know about God's love. It's another thing to experience God's love. Then it's another thing to receive God's love and then share God's love back with him. And one of the first commandments that God taught us that we should have in our hearts is to love the Lord thy God with our whole heart. You, gotta, you, you, you have to die to the old you in order to be able to live that way. Because the old us, we're selfish. I want everything to go my way. I want it my way. That's just the way that it is. We're, as human beings, a baby is born that way, right? They cry until you give them what they want. Might be a diaper change, might be a pacifier, might want some milk. They might, you just don't know. What you, so, you, so you're working for that baby, aren't you? You're you changing diapers, you're you checking diapers, you're giving them a pacifier, you're trying to see if it's time to feed them. Why? Because they're crying. And when a person is crying, it's usually because they're crying over a particular need or want. Well, God wants us to understand that when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, there is, there is no need to cry anymore. Let me say it again. There's no need to cry anymore because I love about what I love about God and receiving Jesus. He says, even in death, there's victory. Let me say it again. Preacher, what do you mean by that? The Bible says when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he says what? Absent from the physical body, present with the Lord. Why? Touch your body. This is your earth suit. This is just a physical house. If a person goes scuba diving, what did I share with you? They got to wear what? A scuba diving outfit because they will not be able to survive in that temperature of water when they go deep uh, sea diving or fishing. And they also have to have on a what? An oxygen tank because they're not built. We're not built as humans to breathe underwater. We're not fish, right? If we go to space, what do we need? 
you, got, you need a space suit, right? If you take off that space suit in space, what's going to happen? You're going to die. If you take off that scuba diving suit in the ocean, what's going to happen? You're going to die. What does it mean to die? To least exist in that state of being. That's all dying is, to least exist in that state of being. You are an eternal being. Say that with me. I'm eternal. That means God created you to live forever. That's why no matter what, you can never get it in your mind that death is going to be a reality for you. You can never imagine it. I don't care how many funerals you go to, memorials. You can never imagine it because God didn't create you to die. Your physical house will cease to exist and the real you, which is a spirit, will step out of the house. Now, who you are with and where you go determines who you receive before you leave. Woo! Jesus. This is powerful. This is real. And the blessing is, God says, I want to bless you here and now, and I want to bless you in eternity. So the Bible says when the Spirit steps out, he says, before, before you meet King Jesus and the Father, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is a comforter. He comforts us in our transition. But not only does he comfort us in that transition, he comforts us while we're here at home in the body. When we pray in the Spirit, we're led of the Spirit. When we eat of the, when we eat of the Spirit, which is the Word, we're full of the Word, we're full of the Spirit. Which means now we are born into the family of God and we have received the power of the inheritance. Many times people talk about angels and we kind of talk about angels kind of loosely. Angels are your bodyguards. That's why, you know, you know I let folks armor my bearer for me. I let them armor my bearer. They get my, they get my books and they help me out so my hands are free to be able to bless other people. That's what our armor my bearer is for. <laughs> so you see somebody carry my bags, get my water. The priest was always supposed to keep his hands free because anytime he needs to pray, he needs to bless someone. He needs to sanction someone. Huh? When, you, when you see my armed security, I got to have armed security in the natural because you got fools that don't like the word that's being released. So when you, don't, when you can't watch your own back because you're praying for folk, they can watch for you. So in the spirit, God's got some angels. I want somebody to hear me today because many of us are not operating in the benefits of the kingdom. Huh? You are kingdom children. If you've received Jesus Christ, you are born into the kingdom of God and you have authority. You were not meant to be broke down. Talk to us, Pastor Robert. Absolutely. We, we were called to be great. We were, honey, I, I, I wanted to step back, excuse me, in explaining and speaking on this. And I want to tell you, just give you all, I hope you all get this like you got it from me. But when we were born into this natural world, we were born into a natural family. So when we made our entrance, we didn't know what came with that family. Right. We were just there. It was through experiences that we learned what our inheritance would be. So we started learning the ways of our natural wow. family. We started learning, you know, their traditions. We started learning how to communicate in that family. We started doing what they did because that's what that family does. 
Well, we take all of that and then we go out into the world and we create our own life and we create our own experiences. Our experiences then change and create the perception we have of ourselves. So we think of ourselves based upon what we've been through. So if you look on yourself as being little, it's probably because you've had some experiences that have made you feel small. And then we come to this place and we come into the house of God one day looking for something, not exactly knowing what it is, and we find something. Well, when we find that thing, it's our new birth. When we decide yeah. to get saved and we decide to get baptized. And now we are born into a new family. But we expect ourselves to be born into this new family and to just kind of be able to pick up and move on like everybody else did. Well, when I had the boys, Gabrielle was seven or eight. So she was seven years into her experience with us. So she knew how our Langston household operated much better than they did. So they were at different stages of development. So understand, when we walk through those doors in our broken state with this misconception of who we yeah. really are, because the world will never tell you you're great. The world will never tell you you're royalty, and the world will never identify your purpose and your destiny. But when you come into the house of God, now you're born again, and we're born again as babes. In Christ. In Christ, needing to learn what our wow. new family does. Needing to learn what our new family's inheritance for us is. So we stand here again, we, and if we do it right, we empty out. So we empty out all of what we came with, ready to receive what we're promised. And the new promise is way better than the old promise. So even if your natural family is great, your spiritual inheritance can't touch that. Yeah. So now you're coming to a place where your, wow. not your job is identified, but your purpose, your destiny, yeah. the calling on you. When people see you, even if you just came off the block doing whatever wow. it is you were doing, when you come in here, God sees you how he intended you to look. Wow. So God ministers a word that starts helping to shed those layers off of you so yeah. that your eyes can see properly. When we come in here, I would equate it to being... You know how when they dilate your eyes at the dentist, you just can't see. Right. You know, everything is just blurry. It's like you're looking through this thing. It's offensive to you when this light hits it. Well, that's how it is. And then ultimately, we start eventually over the hours, our vision starts coming back into focus. Well, that's what happens to us here when we're here yeah. long enough and we allow the, the word of God to work on us and to understand wow. that it's a no, like Apostle said, it's a no judgment zone. Yeah. We're not here to judge you. How right. can somebody who's been through what we've been wow. through and done what we've done judge you and what you're doing? We're, we're, just, we're just thankful to be used. We are thankful to be used, <laughs> and we're thankful that God thought enough of us to allow Ooh. our testimony to be able to wow. be presented so that it can change you. Yeah. Because somebody needs to see something. Like Apostle said earlier in our leadership meeting, there was a, a service I went to, and the pastor was like, man, I remember what I've been through, and I have been through some hard times. And I remember back in the day when I used to spoke cools. And he was like, man, I just, I'm so glad God brought me through that. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, all you did in your whole life was smoke cigarettes, and you think you're going to be able to get me delivered? I'm like, you're going to have to come with a better arsenal than that, because I've been way 
I've been a hell raiser. God didn't send me an angel. I can't do nothing with this. So what I'm saying is, so then God gives you. Right. God gives you. God gives you in yes. your testimony. God gives yeah. you in your process. God gives you in what he's bringing you through and bringing you out of and places you in front yeah. of people to say, you are a royal priesthood. royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. Nobody like you. Yeah. And when you accepted Christ, you accepted that. Wow. Who can argue with that? When somebody tells you, man, you, you, you are kings and queens right now. That the same power that Jesus operated right. in, I give you to operate in. That the same wow. authority he walked in is the same authority you can walk in. The same signs, wonders, and miracles that he performed, you can perform. Right. And then the enemy tells you, but remember who you were. Right. Well, heck, remember who I was. Remember who Apostle was. And understand, if they can do it, Woo. I can do it too. So uh, there's nothing we can do that minimizes us in God's sight. God doesn't like what we do. When my kids do wrong, I don't like what they do. But I accept them as mine, and I right. work them through the process to see them to the other side. Yeah, we don't throw them away. Exactly. We don't throw our children away. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, let's go back to St. John um, chapter 3, where Pastor Robin was reading verse 16, 17. Go ahead, Pastor Robin. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, mm -hmm. but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. Wow. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten wow. Son of God. And so you have to understand that. That's why you'll get attacked by uh, family members, friends, associates, people in the world when they see the light of God. When you're born again, born to the family of God, we're going to uh, go deeper into that revelation and, and the uh, mystery of the word when God talks about being born again. Uh, because you're not born into the family of God, so you no longer, you'll stop looking like your family. You may have the natural uh, characteristics when it comes to our flesh and some of our old deeds, but we're moving away from it, and sometimes that's why people will remind you, girl, I know who you used to be. Oh, you, oh, you want to act brand new now. Well, they don't mean any harm, but you're, you're condemning them, and you're not condemning them like you're in their face, like, you a sinner, you wrong, I'm going to church. No, 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 no. When you start allowing the light and the life of Christ to shine out of you, it will cause people that are in darkness. I remember when I was younger, and I think I told this story before, my mother would come to wake me up in the morning, and sometimes it was hard for me to get up because after we went to bed, I'd still be up in the bed, me and my brothers playing. And so when she would go get us up for school, she would have a hard time to get, waking us up. So she would open up the blinds. Man, it's something about when that sunshine come through them blinds, and it would be very offensive. We'd start hiding up under the blanket. Come on, Mom, close the, close the blinds. Well, that's, that's really how it is when you allow the life of Christ to shine forth out of you, and that's what the Scripture is talking about because you're being born now. You're being born of the Spirit, and you're going to be born of water. And I'm going to show you this in uh, St. John chapter 3. We're going to read uh, through uh, verse 1 through 6. It's really amazing experience that Jesus is going to talk to Nicodemus about, and I've shared this with you many times, but as we're understanding and growing and learning about uh, being born in this royal family, man, it's really amazing. Sometimes I go places and people be trying to figure me out because they're like, dude, I just, you know, I don't understand. You're just always cool. You just don't seem like nothing bother you. I say, well, you don't understand that I died to the old man, so there's nothing 
that can hinder me. There's nothing that can stop me. There's no one that can kill me or destroy me because even if I leave the body, I'm present with the Lord. And I know this because I walk with him now. So I have angels that, 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 that are watching over me. I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Huh? I'm fed. I'm fed by God, the word of God that brings increase in my life. And so, man, everything is working good for me. And so sometimes people are trying to talk about, but I see what you're going through. And I say, oh, man, I ain't going through that. That's just something that's happening around me. So many times people will be offended by the fact that you don't fold. Let me go over here. Let me go over here. Many times people will get mad because you don't fold. They say, man, we talk about it, but you keep going. See, I know this at a whole nother level. Y'all got to understand, guys, not only have I been on TV and I'm on social media, I'm in 90 million homes in, 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 the, in the Christian world, but I've been on Hollywood TV. I've been, I've been, I, I, I know how diabolical the enemy is. I know, I know how that world system out there works because I was offered opportunities in that world system, and not only was I offered opportunities in that world system when I was on Hollywood TV, but I was also offered uh, 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 things in the church because I was on Hollywood TV because everybody wants to be connected to notoriety. Oh, come on. Y'all want to talk to me. Everybody want to be connected to they think, uh, they think somebody is connected and somebody knows somebody or somebody got some power or somebody got some stuff. Well, God wants us to understand how powerful it is to be connected to royalty. God wants you to really know how important it is and knowing who you are when you're connected to royalty. That's why when I send our children off to college, I say, I'm not sending you off to college to find out who you are. You go to college to get education. See, when you're in the world, you, you're looking for stuff. When you're in the world, you're looking for people, people to approve you, people to like you. So, so people make decisions based on all of those things. I want to be a part of this because I want to feel like I'm a part of something that's bigger. And I get it. And all that's great. But God says, when you really put me first and you understand who you are, you might not be so quick to do the same things that you would do before you knew who you were in his royalty. Because when you're part of a royal priesthood, everything is good. What do you do when everything is good? I remember there was an organization, an order that came to me, a fraternity that came to me. And this is not to knock sororities or fraternities or anything like that. But they began to make me this offer. And they said, I want you to be a part of this. And there was nothing wrong with that. But I was a part of something that was greater already, and I knew who I was, and I was walking in this marvelous light, and I got all this power and this glory, and the Lord's blessing everything my hands touch. And so I just didn't want to mess it up. So I say, nah, that's all right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, get, let's, let's, go, let's, let's go back over here. Somebody will catch that later. Nah, that's all right. I'm good. Not that that's bad, but I know too much now. I know too much about him. You can't make me, and, 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 and again, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that or this. But when you know who you are in the royalty as a royal priesthood, there's an anointing and a grace upon Pastor Robin and I in our life to unlock the priests, the prince, and the princess that is in you to elevate you to the place of the king and the queen that God purposed you to be. But you don't, it ain't like hopscotch, you don't jump up gotta be brought up you don't know what to do you don't know what to do so don't get frustrated because it's all yours and this is what we're going to talk about for this month because we're dealing with the royalty and the royal priesthood so let's look here in St. John go to uh, St. John chapter 3 honey 
And let's, um, did you want to share something before we read yeah, that? I'm so glad you felt that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> She's such a lady. See how she was going to wait? Just, just, just. Go ahead, sweetheart. It was just a small point, but it was, remember, as an infant, as a baby, when you teach a baby something, you know, you say it over and over, over. and over again where it feels so redundant. And I yeah. know, it, but it takes that for the child to grasp what it is they're supposed to do and the way that they're supposed to do it. So when they eat, you know, they want to slap it all on their face and then eventually you try to teach them how to use a spoon. <laughs> it's a process. Right. And I think that we need to understand we are still being processed. Yeah. So you, wherever you are, as young as you are, you're learning at that level. So sometimes people say, man, I can't believe. Why are we hearing this same scripture again? Because you need to. Because <laughs> you, didn't get you it just yet. didn't get it yet. Right. And right. when you get it, God will move us on to the next scripture that you need to hear for that season. But if God <laughs> ministers John 3.16 for the next three months, there is clearly something that he needs right. us to get from that scripture. Hey, so, so by this time next year, you can preach John 3.16. <laughs> Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God is right. Absolutely. What do we always say to our children like every day and to each other every day? Which part other than we love I love you. Love them, yeah. It's basic. Yeah. I love you. I say it all day. You say it all day. Yes. It, it's redundant in our house. Walking by them, just touch them. They're playing a video game. Hey, John. Yeah, Dad. Do you know I love you? Yeah, Dad. Well, come give me a hug. All day. All day. Joshua. Come here, boy. What you doing in the refrigerator? About to get some water? You know I love you? Yeah, Dad. Why I love you? We've been doing this since they were babies. Because by the time that time come, when we out of here, we want to know that they know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that they've experienced love. Do you know how many people we counsel minister to that have never experienced love? Hey, Gabby. You know we love you? We love you, Gabby. <laughs> Can I chime in on that? Well, I was watching, I looked at a Facebook post um, within the past six months, and there was a post, it had so many terrible comments up, and it was a post of a father kissing his child, his son. And they were like, so people were like, so what do you think about this? And all these people was like, oh, it's just nasty, it's disgusting, how dare they, it's perverted, why would they put something up like that? And when I say comments, yeah, I mean horrible. like tens of thousands of comments where people were just like, this is just the most horrible thing you can see. And I'm like, if you as a father wow. cannot impart a level of love to your son, you can't kiss your son? Wow. What's wrong with you? Wow. You know, I mean, then what is he going to take out there? Right. So we're creating generation after generation of empty men who haven't Boys. been poured into yeah. by anyone but their mothers. So the, the idea is my father made me strong or right. hard and my mother shows me love. So we have a bunch of young men growing up not feeling the love of their Father, fathers, yeah. which is so necessary because otherwise, I mean, a man's not supposed to be nurture, the nurturer, but he should be able to be nurturing. Right. But we miss these components but, because of that. And I was going to say, so as men, because I experienced that, I had my mother's yeah. love, my father wasn't there. And then when I seen the men in my family, I didn't know I was looking at weakness because most of them were getting nurtured by their wives because they were broken and then I was broken because I was a part of a broken system you know and so uh, I was looking for acceptance and love and all that so I tried to do it through being a manly man and, and 
tried to be a thug, went to the streets, and, and could have died out there, experienced a lot of uh, things because I was hurting, but I didn't know I was looking for love in all the wrong places. And it was kind of sad because I'm, I'm sure it confused my mother because she was loving to the best of her ability as a mother, but I was missing the love of a father. I had never been touched or spoken to properly by a man. All the men tried to make me a little man. You know, try to make you tough, man up, be strong. I knew nothing about that. I didn't know that, autom like me as a father now, automatically, if I got a son, he's going to be strong if he's walking with me. I don't have to teach him to be what's already in, the, in his DNA. So when we're born again, when I hear Pastor Ram saying, we got God the Father, we're receiving the fullness of the love of a father, and it's in our DNA, and we don't have to do anything to show that. So I think a lot of times people are trying to show it when the way they speak in tongues, how deep they act in church. It makes people become religious, look a certain way, act a certain way because they want to be accepted now in the church. But when we're born in it, it's something that's freely given, and all we have to do is grow in it. Exactly, honey. It's like acting outside of our nature. I think yeah. I've given this example in the past, but if you see, um, if you see a man who's trying to act like a woman, a man that tries to act like a woman is yeah. just extra. Right. Because he he's acting much. from how he perceives a woman should act. Right. So it looks awkward. So when we see mothers who try to act like fathers, right. it's, it's not their nature to no. be that. So it changes the essence of who yeah. they are because they're trying to be something that they're not, and they don't have to be. Yeah. So what we have to do here is when we come into the house of God and we accept him, we accept the fullness of who he is, and we don't have to perform for him. You know, usually your child who performs is the one that's insecure. Right. The one that's acting out and the one that's the loudest and the one that's the class clown. It's the one that's missing something because they don't think they're being seen anyway. Yeah. But then there's those. Are, so when we come into the house of God, sometimes we feel like, I got to look like I deserve this. Right. We already do because he loves us. We could never be worthy of it by what we done or perform or how saved we try to be he loves us anyhow and as as hard as you try you'll never be perfect no. you will have a bad thought you will yeah. do a bad deed you will miss it in some form or fashion but God loves you in spite of yeah. you so if we take out it's that's working by the sweat of your brow you're working by the yeah. sweat of your brow for your salvation when it was already freely given to you then it makes you want to quit it does. or you get tired or you burn out because you just, and then you start, before you know it, you start calling everybody else fake, not knowing you've been being fake, and then you, you, you man, you, you almost like tap out. Yeah. Um, and so when you get real uh, leaders that God sends to you, uh, Pastor Robin mentioned this last Sunday about focus and how God gives us the ability to be able to see you when you come to us. So it's kind of hard sometimes because you're trying to sell to us what you've sold to the world, what you've sold to your family. And the hard thing is sometimes out there, they can be very uh, accepting of you because they can't see. So they may see your gift. They may see your talent. But they don't know your heart is broke. So you come to Pastor Robin and I, we see your gift. We see your talent. We just know your heart is broke. So we're trying to get you to understand you don't have to do the splits and the turnaround for us. And that's hard, that's hard for us because I've been that one that came to my leader. And I'm dancing and tap dancing and, 
trying to show, hey, I'm, but it was, it was me not knowing and not knowing that God accepted me for me, but he was changing me. Let's read that um, chapter 3. Let's start at verse 1. Yes. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Man, we see power in your ministry. You're not just talking about it. Lives are being changed. Miracles are happening. So he, he's got some questions, but he also has a need. Go ahead. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again? Is that even possible? Let's see. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So he said he got to be born of the water, water baptized. We know uh, water baptism does what, Pastor Robin? Cleanses us. It cleanses us. It removes the enmity. Yes. But water baptism, just like you take a bath in the evening, you had a long day, you're dirty, you want to soak in a bath, what does that do? That water and that soap cleanse you? Well, that water baptism for the remission of sin, it cleanses the inside of you. Yes. It cleanses your heart. It reaches a part when you get, how can water cleanse me? Because you're getting buried, you're getting baptized in the name of Jesus. Woo and there is spiritual. It's a spiritual power that troubles the water that gets in its inside, removes the enmity. That's the first baptism. He says, but Jesus mentioned two baptisms. He said, then one must be baptized of the spirit. Which makes sense because the Bible says those that worship the Lord must do so in spirit and truth. The sad thing is we see a lot of times people go to church and they, they have been water baptized, but they're struggling in the spirit. They struggle to birth songs in ministry in the spirit. They strong. So everything is old and traditional. We do what we've heard and what we've seen for many, many, many years. Same songs, same attitude, how we go to church, how we serve in church. Because those are the old traditions of men that calls the word of God to be ineffective in people's lives. It doesn't change them from the inside out. It changes them from the outside to give the appearance to be something or have something that they just don't have. So it's very important that we understand the importance of the infilling of the spirit of God. When you are now filled with his spirit, you are now part of his family. I need you to get this. When you're filled with the spirit, you're part of his family. When you're water baptized, you just experience the removal of the enmity in your heart toward God and because of the sin that you were born into. Because the Bible says when a man is born, you are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So go ahead and read on, Pastor. Verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Wow, are you a religious teacher and you don't know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen. 
and you do not receive our witness. Woo, if I Jesus. So you can only talk about what you know. And you only know what you heard and what you see. But that don't mean that that's all of it. And you wonder why I've been going to church all this time and struggling. Why I'm going to church all this time and I'm preaching and going through hardships and everything else. Because maybe you're doing it and you're doing it from a sincere heart. But it doesn't mean that you're right. And so Jesus is bringing some correction. That's why I asked you. He said, wait a minute. You're a religious teacher. Wait a minute. You've been doing this thing. You're teaching others. Go ahead. Read that portion again. Verse 10. Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Mm -hmm. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify wow. what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe... <laughs> How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? If I told you God going to bless you and you can't believe that. If I told you God going to turn it around and you can't believe that. How are you going to believe that which you haven't seen which is in the eternal realm and those things to come when you leave here? So this is important. He wants us to understand that when, a, when we are baptized in the water, there's something that was in us called sin nature. That's removed. So people, if they're not taught and equipped properly or have mottos, they come out of the water a wet sinner. Because they, 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 it came off of them in the water. But now let's get back to the mind. The way you've been doing it is all you know. So you go back to doing what you've been doing, and then you hear some preacher say, don't worry, it's grace that's carrying you. So now you done misunderstood what grace is and you out there living, living a crazy life and, and knowing God loves you and he does, but things are getting worse for you. And things ain't changing for you. And you're ready to, if you're married, you're ready to quit on your marriage. And if your husband or wife ain't came, you're ready to drop his like it's hot. Why? Because you lost, you lost faith before you got it. You're trying to do it in your own power, but God said, oh, it's not by might. It's not by power, it's by my spirit. When the last time you prayed in the spirit? When the last time you worshiped in the spirit? When the last, it's all spirit. Well, somebody's got to teach you spirit. And before they can teach you spirit, you got to be able to receive the Holy Spirit. And the Bible said that he will lead you. Now, let's look here in Matthew chapter 4. We're just laying the foundation again for where we're going for this month. And we pray our prayers that you have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying through us because we want to get it to you. It's all, it's all yours. We want to activate you in this thing. You know, I don't want you to ever have to walk around and wonder why somebody has more than you. Don't look at somebody else's bags and don't look at somebody else's life. Just look in your own and start praising God right where you are. Just start being thankful. Man, I, when I was, listen, when I was in church, I hated that. I hated that. I was sitting, I was sitting in the back and I'd be serving, and that was one of my pet peeves. And I just didn't understand why people in church would be arrogant. And you see people coming to it's their time of certain blessings, and they get their blessing, and all of a sudden they start walking around like they better than everybody else, just kind of forgot where they came from. Just ca come on, y'all know I'm telling the truth. You ever seen a raggedy person God heal? <laughs> Let me go over here. 
You ever seen a raggedy, but they ain't had nothing. They ain't had no money. They ain't had no car. They ain't had no stuff. They just struggling. Nothing wasn't working for them. I mean, after a while, they was ready to quit. They didn't want to be prophesied to after a while. And all of a sudden, their time come. Bam! And that's what we want for all of us. But when your time come, lay it on the altar. Same altar you laid on when you ain't had nothing. Same altar you lay on when God give you something. Why? Because the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's power in humility. I pray you get that in your notes. There is power in humility. Humility is bowing down because you understand that God is lifted up. And if I lift up his name, I'm going to always win. Some of y'all act like you got a problem with his name today. Some of y'all sit, y'all ain't got no shout. You ain't got, y'all just cool. Y'all done made it. I made it. <laughs> All right. I'm just playing with y'all. Sit down, sit down. Rest your feet. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, sweetie. No, where you were at. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? Let's do Matthew chapter 3 when John, Jesus is going to John to be baptized. And um, yeah, let's start at verse Verse 11. St. John 3, 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Now this is John speaking. He said, I indeed baptize you with water. Entrance into the kingdom. Go ahead. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. But there's somebody coming after me that's greater than me. John said, I baptize you with water, first baptism. But somebody's coming after me, and they got a greater baptism. John baptized with water. He baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But he said, one is coming that is greater. And the one that's coming that's greater, you're going to see in a moment, he, he, he puts a name to Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And his name is Jesus. And when you say Jesus, you say Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Y'all going to make me shout up in here. Shabbat. That's why when you see me walk bold, it ain't my walk. When you see me talk bold, it ain't my talk. I know he's with me. He's in me. And when I start preaching like this, he gets excited about it. And he makes me excited. We got full churches of dead people. I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit. See it kick in. That's why you want to be filled. Go ahead, read that again. Read that again, honey. We got to get out of here. Go ahead, read that again. Read that again, sweetheart. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just getting stirred. I'm sorry. I'm just here. Oh, shut up. He quote on y'all know no more. Say, what are you doing? I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. Them tongues of fire. Oh, you get to praying. You don't even know what you're saying. Holy Ghost praying through you. You just know it's good. He'd have, he'd have just, oh, Jeremiah said it's like fire. It's like fire. It's like fire. It's like fire. When I get in trouble and I don't know what to say, I start praying in the Holy Ghost. When I'm, when I'm hurting it, and somebody around me I loved and left here, and I don't understand it, I get the praying. In the, oh, here, he's an encourager. Oh, he's an encourager. He'll, he'll encourage you. He'll, he'll build you up. He'll strengthen you, and you don't even know what he's saying through you. All right, please be seated. We got we to gotta close this out. Go ahead, sweetheart. Verse 11. Yeah. I indeed baptize you with water unto uh -huh. repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. 
He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He's going to do what? I want to make sure that I'm biblical here. I ain't making up stuff. John the Baptist, he said, he said, I baptize you for the remission of sins. I baptize you for repentance. That's what John said. But John said, there's somebody coming. And John said, they're coming after me. And he said, they're so powerful, I ain't worthy to lace up their shoes. I ain't worthy to. He said, he said, their baptism is greater than the water baptism. But you need the water baptism. And we're going to see that in a minute. Because the one he was talking about, his name was Jesus. And when Jesus came, Jesus told him, baptize him. And he said, no, I can't baptize you. He said, I'm not worthy to touch you. And Jesus knew the honor and the order of God. And he says, not only are you going to do it, you're going to do it now. Let's see. Some of y'all about to get so blessed. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, some of y'all going to go home praying. You ain't going to be able to stop praying. You're going to wake up in the midnight praying. You're going to wake up too. You're going to know why you're up. You're going to start praying. And I'm telling you, when you start praying in the Holy Ghost, fire! Fire. Please be seated. We got to go. This is getting good to me though. We'll pick back up. Jesus. Yes, baby. Let's do it. Verse 12. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor mm -hmm. and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Woo! Everything like him, he's going to burn it up. Yes. Everything, sin, he's going to burn it up. Death, he's going to burn it up. Sickness, he's going to, okay. Go ahead, read, baby. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized who by him. Who came to John? Jesus. Who came to John? Jesus. Come on. All right, go ahead. And John tried to prevent him, saying, he tried I, need to stop to be, it. I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? Man, you got more power than me. The, baptiz the baptism you're going to do is way stronger than the water baptism. He said, I baptize with water. You baptize with fire. Fire, 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 fire. Tells your neighbor, water ain't enough. You need, you, you need some soap too. <laughs> Go ahead, honey. But Jesus answered and said to him, Uh-huh. Permit it to be so now, uh -huh. for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. He said, that's the will of my father. Yeah. That's the order of my father. See, when we, we get water baptized and we die to ourselves and we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we get out of doing it our way. He still had to honor the father. He didn't honor the ministry of the father in him first. He honored the ministry of the father in somebody that was before him. This is good. This is good. He says, go ahead, read it again, babe. What does he say? Jesus answered and said, permit it to be so now, uh -huh. for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Whoa. He said, what, what does that mean, Pastor Robin? Come on, you smart. You're a lawyer. It's all righteousness. Fulfill all righteousness. Fulfill, fulfill what's already been spoken. Fulfill the destiny of what God had already put in destiny. place. Destiny. You guys have, de you're not here by accident. What's today's date? It was in your, de I don't care if this is your first time coming in here. It was in your destiny to be here today. The word we delivered it, it was in your 
destiny. You might not have been here no any other day. You may have never known we existed, but today you in your destiny. Why? Because you hearing from God. You ain't hearing from me. You ain't hearing from her. You hearing from God. We just who he using, but you hearing from God. Go ahead, hon. It was predestined. Verse 16, uh -huh. when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, uh -huh. and behold, the heavens were opened to him. Period. Stop. Hold. Here comes the baptism of the Spirit. Here comes the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It didn't happen until Jesus followed orders and instructions. It didn't happen. So what caused the heavens to open up? His obedience. Somebody say obedience, obedience. is greater than sacrifice. That's why sometimes you, you ever felt, I know I did at one point in my life in church, I was making a lot of sacrifices. Got bitter, got mad at the pastor, got mad at the church, got mad at God, couldn't tell God I was mad at him, so I got mad at everybody connected to him. And the truth of the matter was, it's because I was looking at what I was doing. I totally missed what God had done. And I thought it was by works. I shouted when the preacher said it wasn't by works, but then I'll go do the works. And then get mad when it didn't work out. Because it wasn't by works. It's by obedience. It's by obedience. So Jesus' obedience, the Bible says that the heavens opened and the Spirit came down. Well, what's so powerful about this, when Jesus is baptized by the Spirit, and I'm getting a little ahead of our series because we're going to close out in a minute, but what's amazing is he's filled with the Spirit, but after he dies on the cross, he goes to meet up with his disciples and he gives them instructions to be in one place at one time. That's why I said forsake not the assembly. He's big on assemblies. Be at the same place at the same time. He said, I have to go to my father now, but I'm going to send you back a helper. I'm going to send back the spirit you saw me move in, the power you saw me move in. That's what Pastor Robert was talking about earlier. He said, I called you to do the same work and greater works because it's more of you. So the Holy Spirit is the power that causes us to be able to function in the God assignment. So this is why Jesus told Nicodemus when he said, man, how you got this power? He said, man, you can't understand it. <laughs> He said, unless a man is born of water and spirit, he can't even comprehend it. He said, it's like trying to look at the wind and see which way it's coming and which way it's going. He said, you can't figure out what you can't see. And then he turned around and told Nicodemus, you can't preach what you don't know. Oh, and just because you're preaching, you preaching a piece and you ain't got the whole, it don't mean that the person that's preaching the whole thing is wrong. Just maybe you ain't got the revelation yet to the whole story, so you haven't experienced the promises of God at a level and dimension that God has caused you to come to, but you're witnessing in somebody else's life. It should give you a desire to know that it's more. shouldn't give you a desire to hate on it, to come against it, to talk about it, to lie on it. You should have an expectation that if God called me, if God has a purpose for me, God can fulfill it in a way I never can because it's not by might and it's not by my power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Now let's close with this last scripture. Come on, praise team. So um, finish reading that last verse and then we'll close out with Ephesians. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying. Now you he can hear. 
This is my beloved son uh -huh. in whom I am well pleased. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Stop. He was water baptized. Then the heavens opened up. He was spirit baptized. And after his obedience, God spoke and said, this is my son. I don't know about y'all, but I want God to say, this is my son. And whom I'm well pleased. And God said he was well pleased. It wasn't by his works. It was his obedience. He was water baptized. And that's all he was talking to Nicodemus about. He said, unless a man is water baptized. And baptized in the spirit. Then the Bible says in, verse, in chapter 4, verse 1, he says, then he was led to be by himself with God. Sometimes we come to church, we join churches, we get water baptized, and before you know it, hopefully we get spirit-filled, but we don't make it to the lead, to the wilderness, to that place where you meet with just you and God. Sometimes we, 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 we get married before we get, before we get filled, before we get instructions, and then we're struggling in our marriage, and we're struggling, we have children sometimes before we know better. So it's hard to do better until you know better, right? So thank God for God's love and, and that God, God doesn't judge us for that. He gave his son. But we got to recognize when we, when we missed it so that we can get what God has for us. And so the Bible says he was led into the wilderness. That was a dry place. It's a dry season so God could, God could equip him, get him away alone so he can get away from cousins and aunties and uncles and mamas and daddies and, and, and even meeting the new people in the church and, and fellowship. And said, God said, I, I need to fellowship with you first. Because I need to talk to you about your new inheritance. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you, have you come to church for a season. I have you, 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 you may serve in a certain department. But then you, you, you go home and you take the words that you heard that I put in my messenger. Amos 3.7 says, God doesn't do anything without first revealing it to his servants, the prophets. I give them a message for you. And you go home. You meditate on that. You go to that wilderness place. Tell your friends no for a season. Tell everybody around you no for a season. Got to. I'm consecrating because God's consummating this marriage that I got with him. Because I want to do better, but I don't know better, but I know he's got the antidote for me. So I'm going to get out of myself for a season and just lean not to my own understanding. And I'm going to do some praying. And I'm going to do some praying in the spirit so God can, can lead me in a way that I've never been led before. And it's there. It's in that place that God begins to tell you how much he loves you and how wonderful you are. And how you don't have to worry about being perfect because I died the perfect death for you. And I did it because I love you. And now that you're born in my family, I'm going to look out for you. I just need you to trust me. And I just need you to know that, you my, that I'm your source. And I'm going to put a messenger in front of you. And I'm going to put a model in front of you. And they're going to feed you. And they're going to feed you the truth of my word. And those that worship me must do so in spirit and in truth. And then I'm going to let you look at their life because you should see my light shining out of their life. And you should see some, you should see my love coming out of their life. And you should feel my love in the message that they're delivering. And you should see my love in their marriage and my love in their family because that gives you hope. Oh, somebody. You and me and we and us, we are part of the royal family. 
We are royalty. That's why the Bible says you're in this world now, but you're no longer a part of it. Come from among them, says the Lord, so you won't be contaminated. And I'm going to fill you with my spirit. And when you praise me in a praise service, and when you come together and worship me, every, every enemy that came up against you this week will be defeated in that service. See, people don't understand the power of corporate praise. Talking about I can praise him by myself. You sure can, but it ain't like corporate praise. Because one can put a thousand demons to flight, but two, ten thousand. See, you come together. You said you make melodies, you birth new songs, and I'll reveal my mystery. I'll, you ready for this? In my presence of worship, I'll heal bodies. See, this is how powerful this royal family. He said, he said, I'll heal bodies. I'll do miracles. People will come, people will come with, with doctor's reports and go back to the doctor, and it'll change. In my presence, said the Lord. People will come in with mind battles, and the demons that came in with them will have to go in my presence. That's why we, we're not going to do it today. We're going to do communion next week. The Lord put it on my heart. But that's the whole power of the communion. He says, once you're born into the family, once you come to the family, you don't get, listen, you can't come in my house and eat at my table if I ain't invite you. That's the purpose of the Lord's table. You've been invited. He said, come eat at my body. Drink of my blood. Please stand to your feet. Royalty. Let's close out with that scripture on royalty. Isn't God awesome? Go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. Maybe y'all can put it on the screen for everybody else. 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 9 together. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 9 it up. All right, Pastor Robin, go ahead and read in verse 9. Okay. That's fine. Yep, let's read it together, guys. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Come on and rejoice about that. On behalf of Apostle Clarence Langston and Pastor Robin Langston, we want to thank you for joining us for our Sunday worship experience. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 11 a.m., every Tuesday at 7 p.m. for our Transformation Tuesday Bible study, and Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. you can catch All Things New Apostles Morning Inspiration Show Until next time, be blessed.